Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to continue the essay from Spooner, a letter to Grover Cleveland. It's fantastic. We're in a really, really fun, important part of it talking about the right to enforce your own contracts and seek your own justice when the system fails you, which, of course, the system is designed to fail you. And this is an area that nobody understands because constitutional conservatives and media lie to people and tell you all about my law and order and we have to stay within the system and can't be a vigilante justice and blah, blah, blah. And it's all lies. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And the truth is, I was a constitutional conservative for years and years and years. I believed all of the same stupid crap about the Constitution and the system until about 25 years ago when I got the Internet. And then in fairly short order, I started figuring out, oh, my God, the whole thing's a scam. It's a con to keep me on a tax-paying plantation. When I figured that out, I became self-certified as a master practitioner. And I don't need or believe constitutional conservatives anymore because I've exposed them for the frauds that they are. I've also given myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for the fantastic work I've done with this podcast. And I recently awarded myself the Presidential Medal of Freedom for the acting job I did in Jones Plantation, the new movie. Go to jonesplantationfilm.com and get that movie. It's a fantastic movie that really tells the true story of freedom. And I love having fake awards and things like that because I like to mock credentials and all of that entire system, because that's how they control people. They force people to learn a pile of propaganda nonsense in order to get licensed or registered or certified, in order to practice some profession or service. And if you step outside those lines, then they take your license. And, of course, everybody saw that with COVID. Any doctors who spoke up, they were threatened and they had their license yanked. And this is the control system, that entire system of licensing and so-called credentialing is the control system. So I like to mock it so people understand how phony it is. Okay, let's go ahead and get the show going. So I want to continue Spooner's fantastic essay, A Letter to Grover Cleveland, which he sets out so many fantastic ideas in there. And it's such an underrated essay. It was written back in 1880. And a lot of people are familiar with Spooner only to the extent that he wrote no treason or even really just some of his quotes about the Constitution, whether it be this or that. One thing's clear, it either authorized the government we have or has been helpless to prevent it. Either way, it's not fit to exist. But very few people are familiar with his letter to Grover Cleveland, which I still think is probably his best essay, even though I think trial by jury is probably his most important essay, just because of the information it provides. But This essay is so great and is so underrated and so unknown, and I've been covering it now over many, many episodes, and we are in some of the best part near the end of the essay. He's already made a lot of great points, but one of the most important points he makes in this essay that is totally and completely ignored and glossed over by constitutional conservatives is this concept that you hear all the time about the great society and the civil society and the social contract. Nobody really understands what it means. Nobody ever describes what it supposedly is, putting aside the fact that nobody's actually ever agreed to it and the entire concept of a social contract. 
is completely and totally contradictory with a written constitution. The written constitution is the agreement the people supposedly have, even to the extent that there's ever any agreement at all. And of course, his essay, No Treason, shows there is no agreement. But the point being, with regards to this social contract, is the very most fundamental concept of the social contract is that having a society, this system, living amongst people, requires that people kind of generally agree to certain things. And one of the most important things they agree to is this idea that society offers a way to enforce these kinds of things, and therefore you don't have people running around doing so-called vigilante justice, that there's a system and you don't just have a bunch of people doing whatever they want. There's a system that enforces your rights and obligations and things like that in an orderly fashion, and that's the justice system. The problem with all of that analysis is that it's just openly obvious that no part of it's true, that the so-called justice system they talk about is shit, and it has been shit, it's always been shit. I could do show after show of examples of abuse of the system endlessly, and the fact is that nobody in their right mind wants to use the justice system to do anything because it doesn't work. The only people it works for are the insiders who it works to protect and to shield from any kind of actual justice. The idea that you're going to go into that system and get justice is ludicrous. And that's on the civil side as well as the criminal side. And so the very most fundamental part of the agreement of the so-called social contract is this issue that Spooner was talking about when we stopped last time. And this idea that you somehow give up your right to go enforce your own contracts. And in its place, society provides this better system of doing it, and therefore the peace is maintained. But if the alternative provided by society is not better, in fact, is much, much worse, totally ineffective, and in fact, a double standard, triple standard, quadruple standard that assures that you will be screwed by the system, which it absolutely is the reality. Well, then the idea that anybody would give that up in order to be forced into it doesn't make any sense, and it's not true. And the idea that you therefore can't then go and enforce your own rights Um, that doesn't make any sense. That's something that nobody in their right mind would have given up. And this is such an important point, and people just don't get it because it's never discussed. And so I want to pick the essay up again here. I'd like to read the last paragraph right before we start it again because it's framing it up nicely by Spooner. Such is Marshall's theory, Marshall being Chief Justice Marshall in his ridiculous, absurd opinion that he's been citing over and over, which is Ogden versus Gibbons. It's a very famous case that everybody reads in law school and is a foundational principle for all sorts of different stuff. And it's utter horseshit. And he's already shown that many times. So if you want to hear the rest of it, you need to listen to the rest of the series. Such is Marshall's theory of the way in which society got possession of all men's original and natural right to make their own contracts and enforce the fulfillment of them, and of the way in which society now justifies itself in prohibiting all contracts, though intrinsically obligatory, which it may choose to consider mischievous. 
And he asserts that in this way, society has acquired an unquestionable right to cheat men out of all their original natural right to make their own contracts and enforce the fulfillment of them. Of course, the government claims an absolute right, and in fact, it's been unquestionable that the government can just make up random arbitrary rules whenever they want to, call it regulating, and the courts give it broad discretion and all this other miscellaneous crap. And that's how we get these arbitrary rules and this total and complete distortion of what the government's authority is to regulate, meaning to bring something back into the free flow of free enterprise and free exchange so that people are free to make their own contracts has been distorted into this concept that to regulate means simply to make any arbitrary rule government cares to, and then that's it. That's the law. And where do we get this so-called definition? From Marshall, in his opinion. (laughs) Nobody's agreed to any of it, and nobody would agree to it. And once you give the government this authority through this trick that Marshall's pulled off, and then once government locks everybody down who tries to leave and kills them all, like they did in the Civil War, then you no longer have the ability to defend yourself against government. And now it's so screwed up that the constitutional conservatives who claim to be for liberty actually take the position of the government statists who defend this idea that they must have law and order. And law and order means that whatever arbitrary law the government makes, you must obey. And that's the freedom you have. And it's utterly moronic beyond belief. But the really key point about to be made here is this issue of private contracts and the ability to then go and get your own enforcement of them, both civil and criminal. So if somebody commits a crime against you, if the police aren't going to do anything about it, then you have every right to go do something about it. Of course, that's absolutely, totally and completely prohibited in our society because constitutional conservatives run to the law and order and just following my orders and take it to the judge and all this other shit, even in the face of the system being openly corrupt. Same on the civil side. You have a contract. They don't do anything. They don't do what they're supposed to. They're cheating you. Your only option is to go into the court system, which is completely and totally corrupt and impossibly expensive and full of utter horseshit to supposedly get your contract fulfilled as opposed to simply showing up. As I told you before in the last episode, the mob does not use the courts. (laughs) It doesn't use the courts. They have a much better system. They show up with Guido and they tell you, look, you're going to do what you agreed to or we're going to fucking burn your house down. Okay, that's how they get compliance and they get tremendous compliance. People don't commit crimes against the mob and then have the police come investigate them. They come over and the mob settles the score itself. This is the private right that was supposedly given up in order to have this way better public right, this system that society provides to enforce all this stuff. And it's just a complete fraud all the way to the bottom. So let's read a little of this stuff now. A man's original and natural right to make all contracts that are intrinsically obligatory and to coerce the fulfillment of them is one of the most valuable and indispensable of all human possessions. But Marshall assumes that a man may surrender this right to society under a pledge from society that it will secure to him a more safe and certain fulfillment of his contracts than he is capable of himself. And that society, having thus obtained from him this surrender, 
may then turn around to him and not only refuse to fulfill its pledge to him, but may also prohibit his own exercise of his own original and natural right, which he has surrendered to society. That is so important. <laughs> it's so critical to understand this. And as I read in that previous episode, Marshall claims the only thing you have left is the vote. That's the only thing you can complain about, that they can come in, take your right under these false pretenses, give you this fraudulent system of return, oppress the living shit out of you, and the only right you have left is one to vote inside the corrupt system. Nobody would ever agree to such an arrangement. Nobody did. And the people who knew this tried to secede. <laughs> Those were the people in the South. They voted to leave. They said, look, we don't get along. This system doesn't work for us anymore. We're out. The idea that it was about slavery is a fantasy. It's a fantasy they've cooked up to cover up the fact of what the North was really about, which is to keep everybody locked into this totally corrupt, fraudulent system in which you are a complete and total prisoner. And anybody can look around and see it. Most of the time, the people that come to my office for years and years, they have issues and stuff. I would just tell them, look, I hear what you're saying. I get it. You've been screwed. But the reality is you're just going to get screwed worse if you try to go in the justice system because it's not a justice system. You're never going to get what you think is fair. It's never going to happen. And on the criminal side, when I did criminal defense work, um, I just saw endless amounts of abuse. See, a system where one side, the prosecution state side, risks nothing. The only person who has anything at risk, any skin at all in the game, is the defendant in the criminal system. Well, a system like that can never work. See, a system like that can never work. And this fundamental piece is always left out of the discussion. And I'm spending time on it because it's so important. Because once you see it, then you can see why the vote and stay inside the system and the lesser of two evils, why all those things are such utter horseshit. Look, if the system's not going to work, it's not going to enforce the rights of the people individually. People are just going to be able to trample on you like they do these big companies. They just abuse people. Why? How? Because they have so much more money. You have no chance inside this so-called civil justice system. You'll just get beaten down by an insurance company or somebody else. And under such circumstances, people have every right to take it into their own hands in any kind of rational system. If the system that's been set up is simply set up to make sure it protects these criminals and cheats that have access to the system, well, that's not a system that has any obligation to be obeyed whatsoever. But in our system, of course, this is never discussed. And so people have no idea what the problem is because constitutional conservatives hide it from them. Let's continue. This is as much to say that if A can but induce B to entrust his property with him for safekeeping under a pledge that he will keep it more safely and certainly than B can do himself, A thereby acquires an unquestionable right to keep the property forever. And let B whistle for it. <laughs> There's no difference. That analogy is absolutely dead on. Supposedly, people turn over their rights voluntarily, surrender them to society for this better system that society is going to provide. But society doesn't provide that. And society turns, society being the corrupt people running the government, turns and in fact sets up this absurd system where guys like Hunter Biden can do anything they want. 
People from the January 6th are sitting in prisons. And the judges are all protected. The prosecutors are all protected. And the people are supposedly stuck with having to just obey and go to this criminal system, this corrupt system, in order to get any kind of satisfaction. It's the complete opposite of anything that makes any sense. And no people who just fought a war would ever agree to such a system, ever. Every single Western pretty much shows this story where the sheriff is corrupt and the governor's corrupt or the mayor's corrupt or there's a bad guy and he's stealing their water and the sheriff won't do anything about it and the people take it into their own hands. Or they hire Clint Eastwood who shows up to do it for them and everybody cheers it. But somehow that time has passed now and we're so-called civilized, and therefore you just have to put up with all the corruption. You have absolutely no right. And in fact, if you step out of line the tiniest little way, who shows up? FBI. Who do they have in their sights? White people who are problematic, who don't like what the government's doing. Those that are criminals now. Not the criminals in government cheating everybody and ripping us off. No, no, you gave that up for the civil society. All this other shit that constitutional conservatives push. Have to take it to the judge. Stay within the system. You see this? This is the heart of the problem right here. Let's continue. This is the kind of assumption on which Marshall based all his ideas of the constitutional law of this country. That constitutional law, which he was so famous for expounding. It is the kind of assumption by which he expounded the people out of all their original and natural rights. I've done show after show on these very fundamental issues, showing you that the Supreme Court's so-called analysis has nothing to do with citing the Constitution and explaining it. It just talks about how, of course, it has the authority. It's sovereign. Of course, it can draft people. Every government has this authority. It's broad. It's without question. On and on and on. There's language like that in all sorts of Supreme Court cases. It's literally, completely, and totally absurd. And yet, It is the so-called law, and then it gets cited again and again by other courts. And the courts are made to follow this completely corrupt system. They're made to. If they don't, then they lose their jobs and the same kind of thing. If you don't like it, they'll just come arrest you. If you object to it, you try to take the law into your own hands. Oh, they're trying to take it in their own hands. Can't take the law into your own hands. Well, you can if the law and the system's totally corrupt. I just told you all about the Westerns. But they make sure you can't do that and the people are totally brainwashed about it. It's so fundamental. See, it's so, so fundamental. Let's continue. He had just as much right to assume and practically did assume that the people had voluntarily come into society and had voluntarily surrendered to their governments. All their other natural rights as well as their original and natural right to make and enforce their own contracts. <laughs> Exactly. Once you supposedly have surrendered these fundamental rights, well, there's no limit to what the government can do. And look around. That's exactly what you see. The man was writing 140 years ago, already complaining about how bad it was. And what do you hear about today? Do you hear anything about this from constitutional conservatives? No, you hear about trying to get the right people on the court, get the right people elected to try to stop some of this corruption. They never, ever, ever tell you about this stuff and how it just turned everything on its head. Let's continue. He virtually said to all the people of this country, you have voluntarily come into society and have voluntarily surrendered to your governments all your natural rights of every name and nature whatsoever for safekeeping. And now that these governments have, by your own consent, got possession of all your natural rights, they have an unquestionable right to withhold them from you forever. (laughs) 
It's so dead on. How many times do you hear, oh, that's unconstitutional. You hear these stupid con-cons in media and on social media all the time talking about this is unconstitutional, that's unconstitutional. We need a hearing. This is outrageous. We need accountability. Always the same. It's unconstitutional. What's the punishment? for being unconstitutional. Nothing. They go through the same crooked, unconstitutional systems to supposedly give you satisfaction. That's the fraud, people. That's the con. That's why it doesn't work. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal man? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. What's the punishment? for being unconstitutional. Nothing. They go through the same crooked, unconstitutional systems to supposedly give you satisfaction. That's the fraud, people. That's the con. That's why it doesn't work. (laughs) That's why the con-con analysis is never accurate. There's no accountability. There's no actual consequence to the people in government for abusing you. The people in business who have all the money behind the scenes... They can do anything they want and nothing happens to them. You step out of line, you get crushed. You go up against a business, you get crushed in the system. (laughs) And supposedly, this is the greatest system ever and you voluntarily agreed to all this. It's just so moronic. And people understood this a long time ago when it first started happening because they were so used to going in and forcing their own contracts. Someone owed you some money, you shut up their damn house. It's time to pay me my money now. They call the cops, and the cops come, and they take you away. You see it all the time. BLM protesters, they're all protected. They can burn all your shit down. You go out there to try to stop them from burning your shit down, the cops are going to come and arrest you. Example after example after example of this happening. Criminal side, civil side, insurance companies ripping people off. All these different absurd adhesion contracts. Totally subsidized businesses by government. Abusing people with monopolies. All oh, they have government-sponsored monopolies. They just abuse you. Just try to do anything with utility. See what happens. Go travel somewhere and watch them lose your luggage. Oh, sorry, you had to agree to X, Y, and Z inside the contract. Under common law, a common carrier had the highest duty. The highest duty. Is that how the airlines behave? Like they have the highest duty to you? No, they know they have no duty to you. They know that the federal government has given them 100% protection. And you have absolutely nothing you can do about it. If you go in there and try to actually extract some justice out of those people, you're going to get arrested yourself. And then the people still turn around and tell me it's the greatest system ever invented. It's so moronic. It's mind-bending. All right, let's read a little more of this. If it were not melancholy to see mankind thus cheated, robbed, enslaved, and murdered on the authority of such naked impostures as these, it would be, to the last degree, ludicrous 
to see a man like Marshall, reputed to be one of the first intellects the country ever had, solemnly expounding the constitutional powers, as he called them, by which the general and state governments were authorized to rob the people of all their natural rights as human beings. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Man, Spooner's so good. This is the absurdity I hear whenever I hear these phony baloney experts talking about constitutional law, when all they're talking about is something some corrupt judge said. That's it. It's nothing to do with my rights. It has everything to do with trampling on them. And then to tell me my only option is to wait, to try to get another judge in there to try to reverse what the other judges said decades from now. It's ludicrous. And yet, these jokers in media get on there and tell you all about the brilliance of Marshall and the brilliance of this jurist and that jurist who are all just state apologists pushing for these giant state governments and their power. It's really mind-bending. Once you see it, you can't stop seeing how absurd it is and how outrageous and how insulting it is. And the phony intellectuals who run around as constitutional conservatives, wow, those people are complete jokes, just complete jokes. All right, a little bit more. And yet this same Marshall has done more than any other one man, certainly more than any other man within the last 85 years, which would have taken it back to the late 1700s, to make our government, state and national, what they are. He has, for more than 60 years, been esteemed an oracle not only by his associates and successors on the bench of the Supreme Court of the United States, but by all other judges, state and national, by all the ignorant as well as knavish lawmakers in the country, and by all the 60 to 100,000 lawyers upon whom the people have been and are obliged to depend for the security of their rights. Marshall is still held up as this brilliant jurist, genius, on and on. Read his opinions, their tyranny, their insanity. I remember in law school thinking, what is this crap? But the reality is, as a lawyer, you only make money by simply staying within the system. And the district judges and the appellate judges, they're obligated to follow all this made-up shit. And then they're all totally brainwashed by it as well. And they truly believe that they are geniuses and constitutional experts because they read the tea leaves and the fucking chicken bones that these jokers throw down at the Supreme Court. It's laughable. They have literally written out all of your rights. They really have just gotten rid of them all. And they stand around and claim that they're for liberty and this is the most brilliant document ever written. The founders were geniuses and go down the list. It's so dumb. All right, let's finish this section up. This system of false definitions, false assumptions, and fraud and usurpation generally runs through all the operations of our government, state and national. There is nothing genuine, nothing real, nothing true, nothing honest to be found in any of them. They all proceed upon the principle that governments have all power and the people no rights. <laughs> Uh, it's just undeniable. You can just look around and see that 
the government does anything they want. If you live through COVID and realize that not only were they lying to you, but they were lying to you from agencies that have absolutely no constitutional authority. They were blessing these compounds and then requiring them and then turning around and saying they never required them. They were basically killing people, killing your business, killing all of your rights. And what happened to any of these people? Nothing. Have you ever seen anything happen to any of these government people as a result of hearings? No. How many times do you have to see it? January 6th, thousands of people rounded up, many of them still being held without trial and solitary. (laughs) Over what? Walking around the fucking Capitol that they supposedly own? Trespassing. They call it insurrection. Endless lies. I've made show after show demonstrating they absolutely are free to lie. Joe Biden runs around and tells me it's the best economy we've had. He's done this miracle with the economy, that inflation's under control. Everybody accepts it. The man is obviously a dementia patient. Nothing happens to him. He's bumbling and fumbling and nothing happens. All these impotent con-cons do in media and government, they talk about the system being brilliant. They tell you you have to vote hard or get more organized. And in some fantasy time in the future, things will get better. Well, they never will get better. And I'm telling you fundamentally why. Because structurally it can't work. And I'm explaining it to you. I'm showing you how Spooner had pointed it out years ago. And so had many others. It's just Spooner was so good at it. You can't possibly have a system or a government is in power to make arbitrary rules, then call them laws, and then you must go only to government systems in order to get any of your rights enforced. If somebody abuses you criminally, you have to go to the government. Well, what happens if you got a corrupt cop? We all saw the movie Walking Tall. They make these movies all the time about corrupt government and people taking it in their own hands, and they're all heroes. Well, you can't do that in real life. You're not even allowed to talk about doing it. It's totally and completely locked down. (laughs) And the constitutional conservatives and media and government are the worst. What they say makes no sense. Cops literally have no legal duty to do anything to protect you. Nothing. The Supreme Court's made it clear over and over. Why in the world would I have to use a system that openly states it has no duty to protect me? It doesn't make any sense. Why do I have to wait and go take them to court? If I know that court is never going to do justice for me, why? Because the system is set up like that to make sure that the criminals who run the system, who own the system, are totally protected by the system. And the people have been so brainwashed, and the reason government is so bad is that the good people have been tricked into defending and protecting government, which is the true bad actor in the case. Good people would never get behind bad criminal people out in society. They never would. It's not like you can get rid of them. They'll be trying to get control. But if you don't have these centralized government brainwashing systems that have the people convinced that government is a system and that's where you get independent justice and all this other shit and the nonstop brainwashing about it on television night and day over and over for decades and decades and decades about cops there to protect you and the prosecutor trying to be hardcore but honest and just and the judge losing sleep at night when the government whistleblower who turns them in and the bad guys get caught and the Senate hearings occur at the end of the movie and it's all bullshit, people. Anybody who just takes the blinders off and looks at what actually happens sees none of that's actually true. 
There are no examples like that. That's not what happens. It's the exact opposite. But no matter how many decades and decades and decades and decades it goes on, the people continue to each time believe anew that somehow this time is different and that we must stay within the system because it's the most beautiful, brilliant, fantastic system ever dreamed up to so-called have a government under. How many times have you heard some variation of that in your life? And then you compare it to Spooner. This system of false definitions, which I've given you countless examples of, false assumptions, which I've given you countless examples of, and fraud and usurpation generally, which I have given you countless examples of, runs through all the operations of our government, state and national. There is nothing genuine, nothing real, nothing true, nothing honest to be found in any of them. Everything government has it is stolen and everything government says is a lie. How many times do you have to see these kinds of statements from people? Read Mencken. <laughs> Read any of these people. Read Nock. Read them all. There's so many. Read Bastiat. There's countless people who've told the truth. But the people aren't told these things. Their heads are filled with constitutional conservatives pretending to be freedom fighters, pushing people into state apologist horseshit about the government being so fantastic when it's just obviously not. It's just obviously not. <laughs> you know, if this kind of thing doesn't wake you to reality, then nothing can. See, if what's going on right now isn't sufficient to show you that what you're told about the system isn't true, then nothing ever will be. Then nothing ever will be. And it's very clear to me now that nothing ever will be, that the vast, vast majority of people are simply unreachable. They're just simply unreachable. Nothing will ever convince them. As Yuri Bezmenov said, once they're fully demoralized, the population can never be convinced, no matter how many facts you bring to them. They won't even really believe when the bombs are dropping through their ceiling. As Souls and Eatson told people, a full third to 40% of the people in the gulags with him cried when they found out Stalin died. They cried, not because they were so happy. They cried because they thought he was a great man and they really genuinely believed that they could just get to him and tell him what happened, that everything that was happening to him was a big mistake. And this is how I see voters. They're just that gullible. They're that dumb. And you'd have to face the fact that these people are either Stockholm Syndrome victims or something else, but you can't get through to them. And any plan to get us out of this that requires that a large number of people catch on is a hopeless plan. And that's why I've told people about jury nullification. You don't even have to have 10% of the population over the entire country. You just need 10% of the people in your area where they pull juries, preferably in a place that has a federal court, to understand their rights to jury trials and jury nullification and what jury trials are supposed to be about. That's why I spent, whatever, almost 30 episodes doing Spooner's essay, Trial by Jury, to explain it to people. It could work. It could work overnight. You don't have to get elections. You don't have to win people. You don't get organized. You just need a small group of people to catch on, and that's it. Bring it to a halt. But we can't get any traction. We can't get any traction on anything that'll work. We can't really even get support on a show like mine. And so the idea that we're going to get traction is just ludicrous, and you have to face that, that we're up against a brainwashing system that's so powerful at this point that the vast majority of the people are completely and totally beyond reach. 
They're totally beyond reach, and you have to make accommodation for that. And you need to understand that and face that if you want to have any chance whatsoever of surviving and not blowing yourself up accidentally by waking up in the wrong order. And imagine the FBI is going to help you or the Department of Human Resources will help you, that you're going to get justice inside the system, that you're going to, we're going to file lawsuits, and we're going to get this, and we're going to get that. <laughs> that we're going to elect some new guy who's going to get in there and do something and solve some problem. That we're going to get congressional hearings that'll get to the bottom of. Those are all fantasies, people. They're all fantasies. And if 240 years of this crap hasn't shown you, nothing will. We've had the internet for 25 years. The information is more than available at this point. And so Spooner, uh, he laid it out. That little section is perfect. I want to stop with that because he kind of goes into a different area now in his letter, and it's really fantastic. And he gives some information and some discussion of topics like the Ninth and Tenth Amendment that you never see anywhere else, and they're fantastic. They really are fantastic. So, so that's all I'm going to say about it today. And um, I want to thank the people in Patreon who support my show. I really appreciate you guys. I know that what I do teach people and have shown them and through hundreds and hundreds of episodes is a education in the law that you can't get anywhere else at any price, at any amount of time you spend. I've never seen anything even remotely like it. And the people who kick skin in the game and throw some money towards the effort, I really appreciate. It's a small group of people, but you know what? Thank you. I really do appreciate you. Of course, anybody can follow me on Twitter if they want, unless I've already blocked you. <laughs> I'm legal man at U.S. Crime Review. And the movie Jones Plantation is out. You can go to jonesplantationfilm.com and buy it. And you should. You should support that movie. I play Mr. Jones. Fantastic allegory about going from chattel to debt slavery in the country and exposes the phony baloney political nature and the central bank scam. And it's a great, great way to be entertained and to show people, whoa, this is what the system really is. So go over there and buy some merchandise and buy the movie and buy a gift card and support that film. If we can make some money and Andrew, who put that movie together, if he can get some money back from this and make some money and we can get some traction with it, we can make other movies. And there's a lot of topics we could make. It's at the forefront of what we're calling American dissident cinema. So go over there, jonesplantationfilm.com, and get that movie. And thank you to anybody who does support that project. I really appreciate it. And beyond that, I don't think there's anything else to say, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man. Great show. Thanks so much. I get to check your service on the way out. More Make